Hello gamers, you're listening to Where Do We Game From Here, a podcast where we don't review games, we understand them. I'm your host, Andrew Collicut, aka Not So Much. Joining me today is, well, as always, I should, Rob, I need to give you your proper credit, Rob Korea, aka Ragnog. Hey guys. And uh, special guest, Bobby Harris, aka Mr. Big Guns. He's back. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure, Bobby. Thank you for joining us again. So you'll notice that there's been one big difference this episode than previous episodes is that Ty's not here. It's heartbreaking, and I didn't want to do it, but we do want to make sure we get the podcast out this week. And, uh, you know, Ty is working, and we just couldn't flip the schedule around. So my apologies to you, Ty, on missing this episode. We broke his perfect attendance record. But, uh, you know, he he, mess- he he messaged us to be like, you know what, you, like the show has to go on. So I, we commend you for that. And of course, Bobby, welcome back. You were featured on the last episode that never aired. <laughs> I know. I know. And I feel bad for that, too. But you know what? We're, we still have that subject in the pipe. So we'll let a few weeks go by. We can kind of circle back to it because it's a good conversation worth revisiting. On the podcast today, we're going to talk about the Video Game Awards, the 2017 Video Game Awards. Now, the Video Game Awards, I, I, I started to look into it. It's an arbitrary thing. I'm like, what? The Video Game Awards, like, who puts this on? But it's put on by more or less the game industry. Uh, it was started in uh, 2014 by a uh, gentleman. Oh, what what the heck's his name? Let's go down to the list here. Ken, what did I say? Uh, Jeff Keeley. And Jeff Keeley's a, I think, a big time gaming producer at uh, different media outlets, but most notably Spike TV, G4. He's done some YouTube stuff and he's worked on the E3 consumer programming stuff. And a lot of the video game journalism journalists and, and outlets there have gotten behind it. And also a lot of the gaming industries too. So there is an advisory board that helps, you know, guide and shape the game awards and makes it a, an entity. And the, the advisory board is made up of uh, several, you know, big companies and some of them won't be very surprising. Uh, some names are surprising. So first off the list, we got uh, the CEO of Activision. I'm not going to name each person because I don't know if you guys even know these people at all. Let's see, the CEO of AMD, uh, Electronic Arts. This person I will name from uh, Kojima Productions, Hideo Kojima. He's, um, I think, been a fan favorite of mine since I was a younger lad. Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't know he was involved. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I think he's a good name to get. A lot. He he leads a lot of credibility. I would think to it. Although having the CEO of AMD is not doing too shabby either. Uh, the head of Xbox, Microsoft is there. Nintendo of America. The president ha- is on the advisory board. <laughs> We're gonna. I'm gonna try not to butcher his name. Reggie Fisami 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 Yeah. Yeah. So in Canada, on the East Coast, in Cape Breton, there is a, a place called, in French, you pronounce it Mayadieu. But the locals, they're English, uh, call it Manadou. So I always get a little bit turned around because, I mean, I'm, I grew up in a, you know, French-English bilingual. Well, Robbie and I have grown up in French-English bilingual area of Canada. So a little fun fact for you. Uh, Rockstar Games is listed on the advisory board, but no one's from there. So what do you think, Rob? Do you think all of Rockstar Games is on the advisory board? <laughs> yeah, I highly doubt it. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment, the chairman from SIE Worldwide Studios is there. Uh, the CEO of Ubisoft, the president of Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, and last but not least is Valve. Apparently, Valve is on the advisory board. Again, Robbie, do you think it's the entire organization or just... You know what? Uh, it's probably I, what's his name, Gabe Newell. Gabe Newell. You know who I think it is? I I think it's they just have a seat at the advice, like they're all physically in a room, and they roll up a chair and it's got a valve on it. <laughs> just literally a piece of machine. I, I see metal. what you did there. <laughs> my my guess is it's it's probably something they do internally, and then they just pick a representative. Uh, well, it, it, whatever well, that, that word is. That's strange considering that, uh, you know, they have the companies listed, but it could be that they, you know, had a changeover, like someone from Valve stepped down and they haven't got the new person yet. So the website hasn't been updated. I mean, I know I've been responsible for doing some website updates and they didn't get done right away. So, <laughs> so other things, other news about the, or sorry, did you guys have anything else to add about the advisory board? Do you, like, here, let me ask you this question instead. 
Bobby, do you think that this is a good representation of the of the video game industry, or do you feel good that th- this? I feel good about it. I do feel good about it. I, I don't know if it's re- a full representation of the entire industry right now, but uh, my guess, and actually Valve is really important in this, actually, believe it or not, because uh, I did notice there's a section talking about indie development, and if there was any company that would probably be forefront for representing indie companies uh, in any sort of reward sense, it probably would have to be Valve. Uh, but I don't know if it's complete, but it's definitely a good start, right? And again, we should point out that the 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 you know the advisory board is a board of directors. Um, I imagine it's volunteer. I don't think they're elected, you know, by the Association of Video Games. <laughs> uh, yeah. But but I mean, they're just basically shaping the award the awards and allowing it to be like an, an organization or an entity. There's a disclaimer here on the website it says the board is not involved in the selection of award nominees or winners which means they don't participate in the voting at all and learn the results of jury voting at the same time as the general public. And then it lists all the people. And uh, of course they have links to the 2015, which was the first it was created in 2014, but the 2015 awards were the first Uh, there was one last year in 2016. And of course here we are and the awards are slated for, let's see, 22 days, one hour, December 7th, it'll be live. I'm sure there'll be ways to, different ways to stream and watch it. They have a hashtag and everything. Okay, so let's talk quickly about how these awards are going to work. EA also put forth a, a motion this year to uh, instate a $2.99 fee to actually open the envelopes to announce the winners. <laughs> yeah, so is the voting done by Loot Box? Is it Loot Crate? You just... You keep buying you until you get the vote you want, and then you, well, you can accept the, that The thing vote. is that you can earn voting rights by gameplay, but it takes an exorbitant amount of time. You can actually get more votes and be more important player in this voting process if you buy more loot boxes to get voting opportunities, which you can then turn all into right, actual votes. All right. I'm sorry. You guys are, you guys are going to get the podcast downvoted. Are you... <laughs> well, record downvotes? Uh, are you... Yeah, record downvotes. Dear listeners, are you sick of loot box news yet? Not even from us, but from, you know, video games, period. Anyway, let's move on. So the voting process is done in two parts. Uh, one is there's a voting jury. Uh, and the voting jury is 51 ballots... Or sorry, we'll include, sorry, I should probably maybe go verbatim because this is not quite how it works. The jury for 2017 will include ballots from the following 51 global media outlets. And I won't list them all because it's a long list. So places like Entertainment Weekly, I I guess they have like a gaming division now. I've always just pictured Entertainment Weekly as like a, a shitty celebrity gossip rag. And also a, you know, I think they have like a Entertainment Tonight type show. You know where they, again, they talk about celebrity nonsense, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure. I'm not a reader of Entertainment Weekly. Uh, But, you know, a lot of video game journal, God, my vocabulary is escaping me, Uh, journal publications uh, like Engadget, Game Ranks, uh, the Giant Bomb podcast is on there, which is kind of cool to see, GameSpot, uh, Mashable, IGN, uh, although uh, Polygon, USA Today, and Time Magazine are there on the list, which is kind of fun. Wired Magazine, that makes sense. And those are the, some of the domestic ones. And, of course, there are uh, international outlets as well, pretty much from every continent. Well, I will say I want to give a special shout-out to Game Reactor, which is from Scandinavia, a part of the world that I'm particularly fond of. And uh, Rob and I were just joking earlier that the Game Reactor uh, is an actual thing and not just a media outlet for games (laughs) there's a physical game reactor and it's kept cool underneath the arctic so if uh if if you want to keep the game reactor running then you need to care about climate change that's all i got to say about that nice plug i I like it thank you thank you rock paper shotgun oh that's from the uk that's cool i like them rock paper shotgun as well is on there uh there's an esports jury but uh the three of us do not care about esports and uh, if you care about esports, I think you might be in the wrong place. <laughs> the podcast. That's not to say I don't care about esports. It's just that I don't care enough about esports. Yeah, it, it's just some. Well, I, I find the idea a little bit kind of silly, but you know what? You're right. I have to say that people enjoy it and live and let live, right? 
Oh yeah. Although there is there are places like Esports Pro. Uh, actually, Mashable and Polygon are doing double duty as Esports Jury as well. I guess well, look at them. But uh, Gosu Gamers. But there's an Esports Observer. It's even got like the New York Times font on there, which is kind of funny. Times New Roman. So good for you, Esports Observer. All right. Moving on, well, let's look at the awards themselves because uh, this is where the where the meeting. Let's get into the juiciness. <laughs> into the juiciness of it, yeah. So, oh, sorry, I should probably before we move on, point about the point out the other terms of voting. So the voting is split. Well, I wouldn't say split. That's not a fair term. So ninety percent will be done by the uh, voting jury. So, like I said, ballots from those fifty-one outlets. About ten percent of most of the main categories. Uh, I think esports. The the only difference is that esports and esports player and those types of categories I think are voted purely on by votes through the GameAwards.com website, uh, which you need to you can you know look at the list here and you can vote now and it asks you to confirm with a Facebook login, so you can log in with your Facebook account to confirm the vote or they also do, uh, let's see they they do. Uh, What's the term for it here? It is called Google search voting. There's a lot of main categories you'd expect. Game of the year, best X genre game, as well as, you know, different categories. So we'll go down the list, the category one by one. Each category has, has uh, approximately five choices. And uh, we're going to talk about them and comment about them. Some of them we might skim through because we may not have played all the games, but we'll see. So I'm going to start with the... Uh, Game of the Year, and uh, Game of the Year is recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. And the choices are, nominees are Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, aka PUBG, uh, Persona 5, and Horizon Zero Dawn. So to start our conversation about it, I really am not surprised by four of the five titles. I'm surprised by Persona 5 only because I know hardly anything about it. Haven't played it, haven't looked at it. I see it pop up from time to time, people talking about it, but I don't know. Have either of you guys played Persona 5? Uh, I decided not to go with Persona 5. I played some of the other Persona games, uh, and I, honestly, I just didn't feel like Persona was innovating enough to really capture me again. Um, I guess people were really involved with the story. Uh, as it was a little bit better than some of the previous Persona games. But, yeah, I, I'm still kind of surprised it shows up on this list. Yeah, I haven't played I haven't played any of the Persona series. And, actually, I'm more surprised to see PUBG on this list, considering it's not even a fully released game yet. I'm glad you bring that up, Robbie. I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, there's... So, Bobby was telling me earlier before the episode that there has been some controversy-ish back and forth. So, I'm surprised... At least within our group. I'm surprised to see it on this list because the fact, the same as you just said, it's an early access game, right? It, it's not quite fully released and it's not, it's not a full game and therefore it should not be considered until it's been actually released. And the reason why I would say is because they have a little bit of, quote, legal cover to if there's people upset about how the game is going, well, it's early access, we're still working on it and they can just kind of drag their feet. At the same time, on the other side of the coin, Players Unknown Battleground, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds has been a beast of a game. Like it's shattered the record on Steam concurrent for concurrent players, and it's you know made them a lot of money, and it's put Blue Hole on the map. So you know, in that sense, you know it it could be a contender for Game of the Year. But do you think that it delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields? No. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. Like not even close. Not even close. Especially not when I'm looking at the Reddit and I still see things like, "Oh, they just added vaulting and you can vault yeah, through it, walls." Yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty buggy. So I mean, even ignoring the fact that it's not a fully accessed game, like it it still has a lot of work to be done. And I think that if they finished it and really tightened up what they have and kind of kept that thrilling experience that's made PUBG so popular, it could be a contender. But anyway, I have a feeling it, it it's up. It could win. <laughs> it really could. Actually, you know what? That's not true. If if the jury, you know what? That's not true. Maybe if if Super Mario Odyssey or Breath of the Wild weren't on the list, it might have a good chance of winning. 
Uh, I haven't played Breath of the Wild, and I haven't played Super Mario Odyssey, and I'm probably not going to play either for a long, long time. So really, I could only vote for myself would be Horizon Zero Dawn, which I think does deliver, quote, the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields, you know, as a gamer. But, uh, you know, I have a suspicion based on what I heard from you, uh, you three being Ty, Bobby and Robbie about Breath of the Wild. And I, I have a feeling that Super Mario Odyssey is probably that classic Nintendo awesomeness. So, yeah, as far as my beat on these games go. Yeah, I definitely, my vote can't go to Player Unknowns just for the reasons stated. Persona 5 for the reasons stated. Uh, right now, my number one slot has got to be Breath of the Wild. Uh, and that's, I, I'd say the Breath of the Wild is, is like the iPhone of games. It's, it's definitely bringing together all of the ideas and concepts that have been in other games and then doing them as like perfect as you can just about get. Uh, and that pr- really does provide the absolute best experience. Uh, in my opinion, and that's why I've right. got to give it to that game. Uh, as far as Horizon Zero Dawn goes, uh, they really pushed a lot of boundaries, I think, um, as far as like combat with weapons and new ideas, things like that, uh, which, it, to me, it doesn't give them the, the win in this category, but there's another category that I actually did give them uh, some, some love in. Uh, but as far as Super Mario Odyssey goes... Uh, I haven't played it. Uh, I've been, you know, just watching streamers play it in this particular case to to see what the gameplay is like. Uh, and there's a bit of innovation going on there with the the hat that Mario has, and you know he takes over enemies and he can control them. And Nintendo does something uh, pretty good with that is they use it for puzzle elements. And so depending on what enemy you take over, they each have a special ability, and you can use that special ability to complete particular puzzles. Right. Uh, but after that. There's really not that much, much more, and then once you've all seen all the enemies, it kind of loses its luster and just kind of becomes what uh, most people say is like a, a, a collection quest, like a really long collection quest. It, uh, and so after the first, I'd say maybe 30, 40 hours, it seems like a lot of people get bored of the game, unfortunately, so I definitely can't give it game of the year. Okay, interesting. Yeah, for for me, it's a toss-up between Zero Dawn and Breath of the Wild. Uh, I tend to lean more towards Zero Dawn. I just feel like the story was stronger in Zero Dawn and that the gameplay was about equal. So I personally probably would lean more towards Zero Dawn. But... Well, Zero Dawn, I think, is what we would want to win. Uh, but what do, you, what, do you, what do you think will win? Uh, I'm thinking what will win is Zelda. Yeah, I'm thinking what's going to win is going to be Zelda. I think so, too. I think, hands down, Breath of the Wild is taking it. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, What we'll do is when the Video Game Awards happen, uh, we'll match up what we thought to see see what's going to come up, come of it. We'll see how we did. We should probably write these down, (laughs) what what the three of us expected, and then we'll reconvene again when the awards happen. After the awards happen. All right, Bobby, why don't you take us down the best game direction, describe what the category means, and then go uh, list the nominees for us. All right, best game direction awarded to Game Studio uh, for outstanding creative vision and innovation in a game's direction and design. So we've got Wolfenstein 2, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, Breath of the Wild. Uh, we've got in this list Mario Odyssey as well as Horizon Zero Dawn. Can someone explain to me why Resident Evil Seven is in this category? I don't, I don't understand. This game has no business being in here. <laughs> That's a good question. I, when I watched you play the the we played the the first quarter of it together, I was like, this game is garbage, but. You know, but so but, so the category was it creative garbage though? Outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. So that's like, it's like the best director category, right? For a movie, you know, like pe- people write the story or the script. You know, people perform all the different aspects, but the director has to be the one to like you know, oversee how it all comes together. So, so like if Quentin Tarantino just filmed a giant steaming pile of poo for an hour and a half gets nominated for best director uh i don't know i don't know if if he did <laughs> that would be an interesting maybe if project. he put guns and weird people in it yeah that's it that's the steaming if, if, listen if if quinn tarantino directed a steaming pile of shit it would have great dialogue at least <laughs> well i'm assuming the director is like you know when you're talking about a cutscene in a game 
you know, the director's going to decide, you know, where the scene is filmed from, you know, maybe who speaks first. It's all the little tiny details, you know, whether or not the camera, you know, pans to the right or pans to the left, all to bring together, you know, that, that experience of, of whatever the scene was, right? Right. The director's got to be responsible for that. And so in a, in a game like Resident Evil 7, like, that's going to be... I haven't played that game, actually, so I'm assuming, you know, Resident Evil games tend to have a little bit of horror aspect to it, them. It's a steaming so, pile of shit that out, hasn't out, been directed out, by Quentin Tarantino. Outstanding <laughs> creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Like, Resident Evil 7 is, like, three steps back from where they needed to go. I just... I, I don't... <laughs> know why they think that this had creative vision and innovation it was a terrible game with a terrible vision <laughs> so i take it no one's voting for resident evil i i didn't okay well uh, so so guys tell me what you would want to see win in this category and tell me what you think will win here i'd like to see breath of the wild win i i, I think they took that game again we're talking about you know innovation in a direction and creative design and i think they really you know nailed it out of the park with breath of the wild the changes they made were fantastic for that for that genre for that uh, like ip and it was just a great game in terms of you know design yeah and i'm, I'm gonna have to go against rob we're actually swapping in this case i'm actually giving this category to horizon uh zero dawn for innovation uh, especially in the idea behind its weapons, uh, especially with the rope caster, you know, something you, you hit the, uh, the dinosaur with and then aim at the ground to try and lock it in place. Uh, that was done really well. Uh, you know, taking over the enemies was done really well. Um, but, but, you know, mostly that sort of mob control uh, aspect of the game was, was really important and really well executed. Um, right. As far as innovation goes, I, I really consider those elements to be innovation. Breath of the Wild, like I said, I kind of consider it the, the iPhone of games. Don't get me wrong, iPhones are amazing, uh, and they're amazing because they're a hoshpotch of all of those ideas brought together, but I don't really consider the iPhone innovative in the sense of, like, you know, something new was created. Uh, more of, like, just a lot of things were put together in a new way. Um, so, I, I, for me, it kind of loses innovation points there, but... Uh, you know, I give them to Horizon in that case. Breath of the Wild is still an amazing game, though, but I've, I've got to give it to Horizon. That Okay, that's what you'd want to win, but what? who do you think will win? Uh, who do I think will win for innovation? <sighs> who do I think will win for innovation? It's probably going to be Breath, but I want it to be Horizon. Okay, fair enough. I'm with you there. I think, well, I can't really give you an opinion on what I would like to see. I've only really played Horizon Zero Dawn, but I really did enjoy it. It when as I was playing it, I felt this is this is game of the year like game of the year material. Just looked great, played great. I play it a thousand times, and I actually can't wait to get my hands on the the expansion to play that all play, play through it again. I'm gonna start a fresh character, go through the main story, and then. I'll play the new one. But yeah, I agree with you guys. I think Zelda will take it. All right, Rob. That said, oh, go ahead. That said, I, I do want to give honorable mentions to Wolfenstein uh, as far as game direction goes. Uh, I haven't got a chance to play it. I'm really considering playing that game, though, uh, just because I've seen just a whole lot of like the cutscenes and the way the story was delved out. Uh, and it's like the, the, the main character seems to have been crippled from the last game. Uh, and so since he's unable to to move about normally they basically give him this gigantic prosthetic you know mech suit to go through the game in and the cutscenes just look fantastic the voice acting looks fantastic so uh as far as like game direction goes i, I gotta give it to that it looks like uh, a but... fun nazi takeover america and then tearing down nazi romp absolutely <laughs> all right robbie take us down to the next category if you would uh i'll just say that i think zero dawn's gonna win that category because their creative, okay. their creative vision was, was excellent. I think they're going to take okay. it. I look forward, again, I look forward to comparing notes when the, when the results come in. All right, take us on the category, please. So the next category is the best narrative. So for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. And the nominations are What Remains of Edith Finch, Near Automata, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, Wolfenstein 2, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. Okay, what remains of Edith Finch? Never heard of it. Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice? 
kind of heard of it, but again, not really looked much into it. Wolfenstein 2, beyond some of the marketing I've seen, so I really only have two games I can go back and forth with, Nier Automata, and, or Automata, whatever you call it, and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't know. Have you guys tried Edith Finch or Hellblade? Uh, watched some Hellblade, uh, seen some Edith Finch, uh, not played either. Okay. Yeah, same. Uh, Bobby, have you played near uh, Automata? Odumeda? Uh Not yet. It is on my Christmas buy list, though, so it's coming up. Nice. Okay. Well, uh, I picked it up on the PlayStation Store, and it is phenomenal. It is an amazing game. Uh, it has no business being as good as it is in some ways because at first I thought it was like, all right, lingerie, lingerie wearing, uh, how does someone describe it? This is not my original thought, but it's like Victoria's Secret models in lingerie, basically with swords and guns and robots, basically fighting robots that have taken over the earth. It's crazy. Change those to like goth, goth Victoria's Secret models. A yeah, little bit, yeah. Like your main close. character when you first start off with her has like a French made outfit, but you can buy digital DLC, which gives her like literal lingerie. You know, and oh, uh, wow. she basically has a thong underneath her French made outfit and her boobs are hanging out. And like, I mean, I imagine they're aesthetically pleasing. But if you get past that, uh, the story, how it's told, the twists and turns, it it's quite outstanding. And it's definitely has an a, a awesome narrative to follow. It's very philosophical. And it, you know, it's it's uh, it made me question my humanity at times. So for that reason, I would say it's a contender um I, I i wish i could tell you if it stands up to rare remains of edith finch and that sounds like a you know uh, an art house film or hellblade senua's sacrifice but see it's hard because horizon zero dawn i thought it was outstanding storytelling um it was a great narrative and i was hooked i liked the characters i was all on board with it all the way through but near automata it's done something different and it's thrown something at me that I haven't seen before. So I hope you guys both get a chance to play through it just to see like how the story unfolds as well as like the awesome gameplay and how fun it is. Um, yeah. So I, 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 oh, that's tough. I think I'd have to put my money on near, but I, again, it's a wild card because I'm not sure about Hellblade, how the internet feels about Hellblade or Edith Finch. Uh, Edith, God, both of, both Hellblade and Edith are very interesting encounter stories. I don't want to get into it because he really can't without just just going full spoiler from yeah, same from what I know about it. Um, but yeah, definitely as far as like artistic design, sort of like new elements, uh, I kind of feel like near was near the top of my list. Uh, as far as like rele relevant narratives, you know, Horizons Zero Dawn's up there currently for uh, for like relevancy. I feel, especially with, you know, technology, the way it's going, that sort of thing, you know, kind of pulls in people's, like, emotional technology strings, I suppose. Uh, so, f as far as what I'm expecting to win in this category, I'm expecting Horizon to win this category, actually. Okay. What do I want to win? I, I want Nier to win this category. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Interesting. What about you, Rob? Do you have any idea how it's going to go? Uh, I'd like to see Zero Dawn win here because I thought that story was fantastic. I know that Hellblade actually also has a very interesting uh, story and really makes people experience kind of what mental illness might be like. So I think that's cool from that perspective. And if if I could pick a winner, uh, I would I would put that as my second. But okay. All right. Next up, best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Nominees are Destiny 2, oh man, Cuphead, uh, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Are you going to be in every single category? Oh, actually, actually, they weren't in the last one, so I'll shut my face. Persona 5 and Horizon Zero Dawn. Cuphead. Yeah, okay. Cuphead. All right, next category. Best yeah. art direction, <laughs> outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Destiny Two. Oh my god! Uh, I'm not giving it to Destiny. Hold on, let me finish. Destiny Two. Uh, 
should not does, be in this category. Doesn't look bad, but yeah, it does not deserve to be in the category. I'm sorry. It's just it's it's Destiny reskinned and you know, while Destiny at the time was really cool looking, I don't know if it really holds up. Like I, I think it's kind of it's kind of offensive to me that you would put Destiny in the same category as Cuphead or Horizon. Like just, I got mad. No. Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially after half of the the bosses in that game are just regular mobs scaled up in size. If that's what you consider artistic design and animation, I've got some words. I never realized that. You oh no, Destiny. That. Destiny Two is uh, I don't know. It's either the worst early access game. <laughs> no, it's the best early access game or the worst full release I've seen in a while. So there you go. Cuphead. See, I, I, I want to play this, but I've seen a lot of video from it and it looks awesome. So it's like that classic uh, early 40s um, animation, almost like, you know, like nazi uh making fun of hitler like that classic 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 animation and they made it into a game so it looks absolutely incredible so they took that play style they made a game out of it and apparently it's like it's intense so i imagine someone who's watched a lot of those animations from back in the day would watch like would see this game and you know it'd be immediately recognizable so hats off to them for that uh i would like to get my hands on it to see how the gameplay is breath of the wild looks gorgeous because the style it's in it, it just looks really good and but i don't know if it's the greatest it's hard to say because horizon zero dawn again yeah like cg especially those like those full motion uh cutscenes with like alloy and her facial expressions and stuff like they put some cash monies into that and it really really showed but uh as far as outstanding creative the most creative yeah cuphead for sure so i want to see i want to see uh horizon zero dawn win but I bet Cuphead will win. I bet. Because it's just, it's so out of the box as far as, you know, different, a lot of games that have come over, come out for the last shit, 25, 30 years, I would argue. And Persona 5, I don't know. Is that an anime? What's that doing in this game category? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, is that Tuxedo Mask from Sailor Moon? What? I don't know what this is. <laughs> Sorry, Persona 5. I'm sure there's people who listen to the podcast who, like, love the game and think it's great and, like, Andrew, go fuck yourself. Well, fair enough. I will. But even then, I don't think those people would fight you in Cuphead. <laughs> right. But it's like, like, Persona is just like, okay, yeah, it's like anime style art, but it's no, like, Nino Kuni. Like, it's not Studio Ghibli doing it or anything. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, definitely not. So yeah, I've, I've just got to agree with you on Cuphead, Drew, yeah, about about why Cuphead's the best and why it's going to win. Yeah, oh, yeah. It just same here. I, very, I think we're all I think we're all three round. On very this cool. One. I, yeah, you could argue. Okay, so we'll we'll talk about it. You could argue that Cuphead is well. I mean, as far as a game goes, no one's used that animation style, recreated it so effectively, and made a game out of it. Right. Like it, it is clear that the people who made this game are fans of that classic, goofy, weird animation style that came out of that time period, right? So they've recreated it perfectly. So it's very, you know, outside of the box. Um, but I mean, if you're looking at like just just gorgeous CGI in the classical sense, then, you know, I, I would say Horizon Zero Dawn of the five games is like the best looking. Right, but again, yeah, like it's what, definitely a solid number two. But I, I would love to see what their like their grading rubric is if they have one. Like what what carries more weight? Because you know, outstanding creative slash and or technical achievement. Well, artistic design animation. Oh yeah, no, hands down, Cuphead. Sorry, never mind. It's Cuphead. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's Cuphead. I'd bet money on that. It's Cuphead. Uh, okay, Bobby, take us down to the next category. Best music, uh, best score slash music for outstanding music. An inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. What a category. Ooh, now this one's this one's gonna cause some debate, I think, but I think I think some people will mistakenly try to give this category to uh, to Breath of the Wild. And I'd have to say caution against that a little bit, because there's another category about sound, in particular about sound, and I feel like Breath of the Wild uh, is better in that category, but let's go over the who's in this category. Of course, we have Destiny 2, Cuphead, Near Atama. We've got Breath of the Wild, 
Mario Odyssey and Persona 5. Uh, and as far as best music goes, uh, see Destiny. I'll quickly go over my opinion on on this category. Please go so ahead. Destiny two, Destiny two. I feel like there's like its music's okay. Like it, you know, it comes in and it goes out at particular times in combat. Uh, but honestly, there's so much you know, gunfire and grenades and rocket launchers going off. The music gets drowned out most of the time. There's so much of me swearing because we can't make the time gates in time on the fucking nightfall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Raid members swearing, people you know yelling at each other. It's it, yeah. Music just it eventually just dies unless you're playing the single player campaign. Uh, well, you can play it multiplayer, but unless you're playing the campaign by yourself, you're hardly going to notice the music most of the time in that game. And so, unfortunately, I cannot give it to that. Uh, Cuphead. Uh, definitely you've got that older style of music going in there. It meshes really well with the animation that's going on, and that allows it to provide just a, an amazing experience. But uh, we're definitely talking about, you know, the soundtrack. And I think you kind of have to, to place the soundtrack, like, in a category of its own as something you would listen to outside of the game for this category for me. At least that's how I did it. Uh, so definitely Cuphead rates pretty high in there. Then you've got Nair which has an amazing soundtrack all the way through. So definitely that's up there on my list. Breath of the Wild, honestly, it's got a few good soundtracks, but most of that game's like sound was used for something. So like if you're sneaking around, it was really important that it was very quiet so you could hear monsters and that sort of thing. So music didn't come in a lot in Breath of the Wild, actually, except at very key moments. Uh, which there are very good key moments, but I cannot, like if someone offered me a soundtrack option that I get for free between like Breath of the Wild, Near Automa, and then Cuphead, it's not going to be Breath of the Wild because the Cuphead or Near is, are going to be way better options. Uh, Mario Odyssey, uh, actually some of the music in Mario Odyssey is really, really good, but my problem with the Mario Odyssey music is I feel it's only really good inside the game. It just meshes that well with it. And so when I'm not watching Mario, or if I wasn't playing it, I probably wouldn't listen to that music. So that kind of pushes that away for me. And then same thing with Persona 5, same issue. Its music's actually pretty good, but once again, it's sort of in-the-moment music, and it meshes really well with the game, but not something I'd listen to outside of the game. Uh, so it's between Cuphead and Nier for me, and I picked Nier, and I want Nier to Okay. Rob, what about you? Yeah, I I feel like Breath of the Wild doesn't really have a place in this category. A lot of its music's recycled too because it's just classic Zelda music that they've either like orchestrated or remastered or whatever and I'm not really down with that. Not that I don't enjoy that. I actually really do. I listen to a lot of that style of music. It's just when we're talking about uh, you know, the best score for a game. Like it's just a lot of rehash, right? It's nothing new. So I don't think it really belongs in here. Uh, and I totally agree with Bobby on Destiny 2. Uh, for me, it's I never played Persona, so I can't really comment on that. But for me, it would be b- between Cuphead and, and Nier. I think those two. I mean, the sound for Cuphead goes so well with the art style. It's just like they're kind of tied at the hip, if you know what I mean. Like it would be weird playing that style of game with like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like like God, yeah, EDM like, or something. I don't know. <laughs> it would be so bizarre. Like it would just be weird, right? So it's just like the music they chose is very befitting of of the art style, and I think they did a really good job with the with the soundtrack for that game. Uh, and I, I don't know if you've heard a particular track from Cuphead. There's there's one for King Dice uh, when you first meet him, and that sound that that song is amazing. And I've definitely found myself listening to it outside of the game. Well, and they and they've done they've recreated the soundtrack and the like the look and the feel of that classic animation, right? Yeah, exactly. Bobby, would you say that's correct? So I mean, they'll yeah, they'll get nods for that. But let me tell you this right now: I've played Near Automata and I've like listened to the soundtrack on the regular since I played it. It is light years ahead of every other single game in this category. Light years ahead. It is amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. All original, just so complex and beautiful and gorgeous and emotional. And it's just, god damn. Again, like just if you get a chance to listen to some of like the best of near uh, automata, you know, YouTube vids and just like listen to the mix and stuff, you'll you'll see what I mean. It is incredible. Just awesome. And when, when you're when you're dealing with those deep themes that the narrative has 
the music matches perfectly and the gameplay is, is very interchangeable and it's frantic at times and then it switches and it's smooth and the music transition is smooth there too uh, unbelievable and and it's different too like there are even some tracks where you're in like certain villages and stuff where it's like these goofy crazy choir opera thing and kids singing and it, it's sometimes both soothing and then disconcerting and ah oh, i just i can't tell you enough good things so vote i want it to win and i and i believe it will yeah i'd be happy to see either of those win i mean i'd be happy with cuphead or near either either or they're both excellent oh my god i just can't gush gush and fangirl enough about it all right best audio design who's got that one uh best audio design recognizing the best in game audio and sound design so for this category we've got destiny 2 uh hellblade we've got resident evil 7 uh, <laughs> we've got breath of the wild and we've got super mario odyssey Okay, so Destiny 2 is mediocre at best in all the things. So why is this game even considered? Because they needed an extra game to consider? I'm not sure. So from what you've told me, I think that Breath of the Wild really belongs in this category, right? Because sound is important in this game? Yeah, for me, it came out as Breath of the Wild in this category. And Resident Evil, <laughs> you, guys already, you guys have already expressed your opinions on that. Uh, Hellblade, uh, actually some really good sound going on in Hellblade, actually, as far as like narrative goes. And, you know, playing into the narrative uh, and the scenes. Uh, so it's really good. But as far as game innovation, because the thing that separates it from, for me and Hellblade is I kind of felt Hellblade was a little bit more theatrical. So it's about what I would expect from watching a movie. Whereas for Breath of the Wild, I felt it was more of like the sound design was, was better in the game itself. Like it was more integral to the game. Mario Odyssey, I mean, it's a lot of Mario sounds. Don't get me wrong, I love Mario sounds. But as far as like, you, you know, design, in best in-game audio design, then eh, I don't know if I'd give it to Mario. Breath of the Wild, though, like I said, you know, if you're sneaking around... Oh, they around, used an Italian plumber yet again. 10 on 10. <laughs> if you're sneaking around, you know, you can hear monsters snoring and the, the volume's very low. There's no background music when you're, you know, really doing that sort of combat like that. And, the, you know, whether or not it's raining, whether or not there's bugs nearby, you know, you can hear those things. Uh, and those those sounds are very important to you figuring out what you need to do. That's uh, good. And that was done really well. Creates atmosphere, but also, right, it, it's a gameplay mechanic, which I, it's nice to see. So, Yeah. Um, and again, I, I wish I'd play Hellblade. I kind of feel it's, it's hard for me to make a guess, but I got no choice. <laughs> I got to go with what I know. Robbie, what do you think? Am I being too harsh on Destiny 2? No. Definitely not. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think so. You see, at least Resident Evil 7, this is a category where I feel it could belong. Like, building the atmosphere and the horror, you know, theme, sound is really important for that. So I think this is actually a category that Resident Evil 7 belongs in. Same for Hellblade. The whole, I don't want to say anything without giving away too much of the game, but sound is kind of important for what they were trying to convey with Hellblade. So again, I could see, I can really see that being a strong contender here. And same with the Breath of the Wild, like Bobby said. What I'd like to see win is probably Hellblade. I think probably Breath of the Wild will take it. Yeah, I'd definitely say they did more with sound in Hellblade. There, there's much more of it. There's definitely more audio, audio cues, I suppose, from what I've seen of that game. So I, I don't want it to misrepresent. Sound is very important in Hellblade. Okay, next category, oh, uh, best performance. Actually, yeah, yeah go, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead, Bobby. No, no, go ahead, give me the intro. I, I thought you were about to try and skip the category. I was like, don't skip this category. I was thinking about it. All right, so so best performance awarded to an individual for voice over, <laughs> for voice overacting. Oh, no, I'm reading that wrong. Awarded to an individual for voice overacting, motion and or performance capture. From the, from the looks of it, I think it's mostly voice acting, voiceover acting. However, I believe some of them did both. Like, I think uh, Melina Jurgens from Hellblade, she did both. She did the voice and the motion capture. I, I, a lot of these games, they tend to do both these days. Yeah, they do both. I think she's in her motion capture gear. In, in, the, in the picture, there. yeah. She looks rather intense. 
Laura Bailey, Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, Claudia Black, Uncharted, The Lost Legacy. See, now, Uncharted was a great game. Gameplay was fun-ish. Well, it was fun. But it was like watching a really great movie. Like, I could have sat down and watched Robbie play for the entirety of it. It was that entertaining. And the voice acting was good, and it was fun, and it hit the right tone. Uh, Wolfenstein, again, like, I just haven't played it. I'm not really interested to either. But that's just my personal preference. I don't think that has any bearing on the credibility as like a game or whether it's good or not but i don't know horizon zero dawn man like uh aloy she was awesome no i can't give it to aloy i liked her like, a lot but i haven't heard i like i haven't heard hellblade right so I, like based on what i know and what i've seen here i think she would be the best of the five but go ahead give me your pitch what's your pitch <laughs> i was gonna say uh, aloy just seems like such a regular character to me like if I, if I, like, Aloy, she did really, uh, that voice actor, Ashley, she did really good as Aloy. I don't want to, like, like, say it's a bad performance or anything like that. It's just, like, from what I've seen of some of the other actors, I just like them more. She's definitely third place for me, as far as actors go. But she is third place. She's not last place in this list for me. Uh, definitely my favorite person in this list is Claudia Black. Like, she's done the best voice acting, like, within the last two years for me, uh, not only in this newest game uh, for uh, Uncharted, but in the last couple of Uncharted as well. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but she's the uh, the loot box vendor in Destiny 2. So when you're sitting in town and they're trying to get you to buy those loot boxes, that's Claudia Black. Oh, sell you those loot right. Boxes. Yes. So, uh, yes, okay. <laughs> so so uh, I do love me some Claudia Black. Uh, definitely the Nadine Roth, Laura uh, Bailey, uh, definitely, I love Nadine. Uh, she was the, uh, she's like that black character with the afro, I think, in Uncharted. Am I thinking right? For Nadine? I think that's correct. Uh, and definitely, yeah, I, I love the voice acting for that character. And of course, both of them have to be very talented with the, because uh, I know they did motion capture for, for those games. So both of them have to be on point. Uh, as far as voice acting goes for Hellblade, eh, it's all right. <laughs> it's definitely the fourth place on this list for me, but it's not last. Dead last is Brian. Sorry, Mr. Bloom. Uh, his voice acting's good in Wolfenstein. It, it's not offsetting, but for me, it's like Commander Shepard, like the male Shepard. Like. Oh, God. Male Shepard. People tell me that male Shepard was awesome, and like he wasn't horrible, but Jennifer Hale, who did Fem Shep, blew him away like she was exactly like a far superior uh voice actor right (laughs) like no question no question beat for beat yeah it's it's another one of those scenarios for me especially the first mass effect oh god mark whatever his name was cringeworthy uh, terrible like you can't you can't even go back and play the first mass effect because because the voice not with him femship i'm jennifer hale forever but yeah anyway uh what about you rob do you have a do you have a, a a guess one way or the other yeah, I'm going to have to go with Ashley on this. I, I think Aloy was a great character. I think her voice acting in it was great. I think sometimes the writing of the character itself was a little poor, but in terms of her performance as Aloy, I think it was really great. I'd follow up uh, on Bobby's with Claudia Black as a close second. Fair enough. Yeah, no, they're all skilled. I will say this, though. Award for the best eye color for a voice actor has to go to brian bloom he's got them gorgeous hazel eyes i tell you what i tell you what <laughs> all right robbie take us down our next category one that i really know nothing about other than the one game in it but games for impact so for a thought-provoking game with a profound pro-social meaning or message and we have please knock on my door night in the woods life is strange before the storm bury me my love what remains of Edith Finch and Hellblade sin was sacrifice. Most of these are like the subtitles to my daily entries in my diary. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Night in the woods again, October 27th. All right. Yeah. I see. Now this is a category I really wish I could talk about because, you know, social meaning and messages mean a lot to me, but I have not played any of these games at all. And to be honest with you, I've heard about them in passing and, you know, I, I can blame my schedule, but I'm, I'm not as much of a game in games enthusiast as others are like Bobby, obviously you're a lot more knowledgeable in games than I am. Well, Robbie, definitely you and Ty both are for sure. But, you know, cause like you, I think you 
like look into it and research it and 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 take a look a lot more so i don't know can, can you tell me anything about this category at all anything here speak to you uh, i'm definitely missing three of the games in this category unfortunately i have not seen anything about please knock i haven't seen anything about night in the woods and i have no knowledge about bury me unfortunately the other three games uh, i have seen of course life is life is strange is being released in in sections and so like another chapter comes out every now and then and people play through it uh, it's very interesting how they square Enix has decided to go with that game of course you know it fits well into their uh reoccurring revenue games as a service sort of uh set up now but it, it's kind of interesting too because it's like you're it's the, it's the first time i could say you're definitely purchasing a game almost like you would purchase like a TV show or like a monthly subscription to something like, but except it's a monthly subscription to a game that comes out every now and then, and you you purchase that next chapter like buying the next book in a in a series of books that comes out, and so. But as far as this, the Life is Strange goes, uh, very very interesting, you know, about decision making because uh, there's a temporal mechanic to that game where you can kind of go back and you know change your decisions and see how that affects the future. But it's more of like, you know, your relationships with other people in the game and that sort of thing. Uh, whether or not, well, I don't want to get into spoilers. Anything more will, will be spoilery, but uh, it, it definitely makes you think in that way. Oh, it's okay. It's all right, Bobby. Uh, Robbie's been holding down the sensor button the whole time you've been speaking. So it's all right. Nothing, nothing's getting through. Okay, good. Um, so, but yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil too much about any, any of these games because honestly, that's the core crux yeah. of these games. So without any spoilers, God, which one? For me, God, I, I kind of liked Edith Finch actually, but it, you know what? I'm just gonna order them because I, I, I'm gonna order them from my, from one to three. Those three games, but uh, and then I'll say which one I think is gonna win. So for me, order is gonna be Finch, Life is Strange, and then Hellblade. And the one that I think is going to win is Life is Strange. And, and that's it. Okay, I'm going to rely on you for that one. Okay, so next category. Oh, boy. Best Ongoing Game. Awarded to a game for outstanding development on of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. Okay? And the cat. so there are six games in this category. Warframe. Rainbow Six Siege. Overwatch, Grand Theft Auto Online, Destiny 2, and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I almost want to take Player Unknown's Battlegrounds out of there because it's not actually a game yet. It's early access, it's still <laughs> ah, in development, there's still a lot of work to I'll, be done. I'll give them this category. Ugh. Yeah, no standards. Okay. All right. Well, again, so right, like you could argue either way, right? Like what's what's the merit? Is there have to be a certain you know, are there prerequisites to being submitted, but they've submitted it. The board of advisors, I'm sure, have, have given a yes vote on it one way or the other. I've played, I've actually played most of these games. Grand Theft Auto Online, I haven't played, unfortunately, although it's probably one of the most popular games right now, <laughs> period. I, I was going to ask you, actually, if you could, could tell us how Rainbow Six is, because I think you played Rainbow Six, right? Yeah, I, I do play uh, Rainbow Six. So this is a shout out to a uh, listener to the podcast, Frozen Hobbit. Uh, he's the one that uh, got me into playing it. Gameplay-wise, it's quite awesome. You get, so there's like different tactical unit, like different countries have, you know, like one or two sometimes three people uh, that are like specialists, you know, like special forces. Some of them you'd be familiar with, like the SAS, uh, the FBI has a tactical unit, uh, the Russian, the Spetsnaz, a Canadian Joint Task Force is in there, which is kind of cool. Is, is that the symbol with the chicken I see on the top left? <laughs> Not so much. The symbol with the chicken? Oh, right. Uh, I see what you did there. That's funny. <laughs> no, I think it's probably a dog sled of some kind. Anyway, so, and and it's like a really tactical first-person shooter. You know, there's usually like a terrorist team inside either planting bombs and or holding hostages. And the, you know, assaulting team have to get in. And people have so different, how is it, different how specialties. Because I know for like Warframe, their big thing was, you know, it was very much a like a corridor shooter. Right. For its beginning years, and recently they've they've actually updated the game to have an open world area, to where you can actually explore an open world area. It's procedurally loaded. Well, uh, they've been adding. That's pretty cool. They've been adding content to it in terms of introducing new specialists, so different playable characters with different skills and abilities. Um, and each time they bring out like a new portion of the game, 
which is not necessarily a paid for expansion pack. Like you have to grind in-game currency by playing and then you can eventually save up to buy these specialists, but they introduce new maps and new game modes and stuff. So that's kind of, that's, that's how it's going. But there's like different types of, you know, takedown like uh, scenarios. So hostage bombs, excuse me. That's Uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them are competitive. Some of them are, you know, that's interesting. Because Overwatch, I know they've been having things like summer games, uh, you know, winter games. They have those, like, little events that occur every now well, and then. But... Right, and, and, and all these games, too, are... I mean, Destiny, I think, of the six games here, has the biggest single-player component. Like, it has a full, well, a full-ish campaign. But then, it's, then it moves on to you're just basically doing the online social component over and over and over again, right? Overwatch, Rainbow Six, Warframe, GTA Online, and then PUBG, those are all purely online, which means that the content needs to evolve and it's ongoing because it's you connect, you play on the servers, right? Right. So I, I think of it that way. Outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. So I don't know if I don't know if Rainbow Six Siege see I haven't played it in a while, so I'm not sure if there's been a lot of content in the last year that they've really added to really change the game, but I imagine there are new specialists and stuff, so yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, as far as evolve the player's ability, like the way they play the game, I probably actually have to give this category to Warframe. Like the, the change they took it in by moving from that corridor shooter to open world shooter really changes the feel of that game in a way that... Do you really think kind of over, Do you think Overwatch is not going to take this category? Oh, which one, which one do I think will win? Yeah. Oh, God. I've, even with like the little summer games and the small things and extra heroes that they add... I really don't feel like they changed anything that much. Like, it still feels like the same game, just with new characters you can play. They, are, are you talking about Overwatch? They changed stuff about that, like, weekly. Well, yeah, and that's part of the game, right? I mean, you know, whose attacks, you know, how fast they go, how much ammo people have they before they reload. They too much. There's always tons of little... There's always so many little changes going on, the rebalancing, that sort of thing, that, like, you're always in that state of rebalancing that adding a new character doesn't doesn't really it, it's it's no different than a di- another balance change that happens to just a different character right uh, because of how often they rebalance things and so yeah for that reason well they've overhauled <laughs> they've overhauled overhauled characters a few times too that they have it'll be interesting to see I'm going um, with I'm going Grand with Theft Auto PUBG Online category hands down hands down you think PUBG. so every match is a different experience it could be well but is there development what is what's changing that or oh, evolving yeah. the players experience weapons, over time. They add new areas, different weather effects. See, weather's a good one to throw in there that would change it, a player's experience of their game. So, hmm. As far as the most evolved experience from what it was to what it is now, I'd have to say Warframe. But, I, yeah, I'd definitely say PUBG does a good job of, of mixing their game up and keeping it relevant. Well, yeah, for sure. AFKs aside. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I could see this go any which way. Again, Destiny 2, it's been out f- so short. And, you know, like, well, they have expansion pack coming out on the 5th. But I don't know. I don't know if it's been out long enough to really warrant outstanding development and ongoing content. I mean, they just started. They haven't really proved themselves over any length of time where Warframe has been out the longest. Rainbow Six Siege second, Overwatch I think suitly after that, and then Grand Theft Auto Online. I'm again I'm not sure, but so I don't know. I, I could see GTA Online taking this because of its popularity, but I bet you in terms of you know Blizzard's attention and communication and stuff, I think they're going to take it all. Because well, remember ninety percent of the vote is is you know the fifty one outlets, right? Right, absolutely, right. and I think that delivering on ongoing content is going to be Overwatch. PUBG, when it releases and continues to evolve its game, I think we'll be up for it next time. I, th- I think the I think they'll vote for Warframe. I don't know. Biggest change isn't the most outstanding development in ongoing content, though. But again, it like because Warframe, I played it when it was earlier, and it wasn't really all that impressive. So unless they've completely overhauled it and made it awesome again, and I th- I think there's some arguments for that actually. Okay, fair enough. Again, we're gonna mark down what we think and then we're going to compare notes at the end interesting okay robbie take us down this next category if you would again i don't really play i don't play too many mobile games but the category is best mobile game so for the best game playable on a dedicated mobile device 
Fire Emblem Heroes, Super Mario Run, Old Man's Journey, Mo Monument Valley 2, and Hidden Folks. I've heard a lot about Old Man's Journey and Monument Valley 2. I've played Super Mario Run, and it's kind of garbage. Yeah, Mario Run was... I played... The, it, Mario Run's the only one in this category I've played, and it's... Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of... Uh, of mobile games, period. Um, I am glad to see that... Uh, you know, mobile strike and shit like that isn't on here. <laughs> so I don't know. Emblems is just lacking in comparison to to any of its other iterations. Well, Fire Emblem Heroes is like a Pokemon style collection game, right? Like you yeah. play you play Fire Emblem style. Like they have a Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, which is like very similar, where it's like has a kind of Final Fantasy feel to it. A lot of characters from the series are in it, but it's like you have to unlock them and collect them, and it's really just a platform for encouraging you to, to pay for microtransactions on top of the already free-to-play, right? Just using a Nintendo property. So Yeah. wonder why Pokemon Go is not on here. Were they on last year? I'm surprised that's not actually. That's a good point. Best playable on a dedicated mobile device. Like, I mean, Pokemon Go is enormous. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's already passed and years past. Which, did they just announce they were going to be working on another game? I think it's Harry Potter they're moving to now. Harry Potter Go or something. Oh boy, that'll be good. Scribbly Scrum, Gryffindor wins. I've never read or seen Harry Potter, so I have no idea. <laughs> I've seen some memes over the years, so I could re like uh, parrot those, but it's all right. Uh, Bobby, take us, down, take us down to the next category. And if, I mean, if we don't have much to say, we'll just skip it. It's all good. Uh, best handheld game for the best game playable in a dedicated portable gaming system. Uh, so you've got uh, Poochie and Yoshi Woolly World. You've got Monster Hunter Stories. You've got Metroid Samus Returns. You've got Ever Oasis. And you've got Fire Emblem Echoes. So my two cents on this category is it's uh, Metroid Samus Returns uh, for my vote. And the one that I think will win is uh, Metroid Samus Returns. And that's the category. Probably, so as far as my second and third goes, it's probably Fire Emblem uh, Echoes for second, and Monster Hunter, of course, for third. Uh, Yoshi Woolly World, cool game. Uh, interesting, great for kids, actually, if you wanted to, to throw a game at your kids. Uh, but for older people, not so much. Ever Oasis, I just... Nothing about it captures me. <laughs> nothing about it captures me. But definitely Metroid Samus Returns. If you've played a Metroid game, either of you, before in the past, it is that, again, just just upgraded a tiny little bit. It, it, it's just perfect. It's a perfect, standard, original style. I'm sorry, Metroid. but if any Metroid game ever ends up in your category, you just lose. Like You, you don't like Metroid? No, I'm saying everybody loses to Metroid. Oh, yeah, right. everyone loses to Metroid. Metroid yes, always outright. wins. You can't Metroid you not beat Metroid. Wins. No, you can't. No, the, the Monster Hunter gets close for some people, but it no, 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 it's not going to win. No, I can't wait for the mobile hit Metroid Go Samus Hunter. That's going to be so good. <laughs> All we right, guys. That. Well, listen, I I can't add much to it because I again I haven't touched a handheld in a long, long time. I have my Game Boy Advance. I pull it from time to time and play uh, Advance Wars. That's kind of fun. But uh, yeah, it, it's been a long, long time. So I'm useless in this category. And uh, we'll leave it there, I think, because there are still some more categories to go through. But we'll, what we'll do is we'll bring this out as a part two to go through the rest of them because, um, you know, there's a VR category. And I know I want to get Rob's thoughts on that. And uh, we also don't want to run too much over time. So, uh, Bobby, again, thank you for joining us on the podcast. We'll hope you come back again. Absolutely. Uh, Robbie, I thank you, but you're kind of stuck here for now. So, <laughs> All right, folks. Well, listen, if you have yourself any uh, any thoughts or opinions or disagreements one way or the other, uh, we're happy to hear them. And uh, I look forward to, well, first off, doing part two and finishing off the list and then looking forward to the Game Awards. Uh, I might actually watch it this year and we'll see how it goes. And we can talk about that in an episode to come. So uh, looking forward to December 7th to see how that goes. And uh, we'll thank you for joining us. And that's going to do it for episode 74, Where Do We Game? And we look forward to bringing you more great conversations about games soon. If you want to get in touch with us with any questions or comments, please don't hesitate to reach out by Twitter, 
at where do we game email where do we game at gmail.com and of course head on over to facebook.com slash where do we game and give our page a like well thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you again next time when we figure out where do we game from here Mr. King Dice, I'm the gamest in the land. I never play nice, I'm the devil's right hand man. I can't let you pass, cause you ain't done everything. Bring me those contracts, come on, bring them to the king. If you haven't finished your plans, haven't worked assiduously, no, I cannot let you pass. Don't you mess with me Don't mess with King Dice Don't mess with me Don't mess with King Dice Don't mess with me I'm Mr. King Dice He just what I say The devil has his price I'll make sure you pay I don't have time to mess around And I hope you will agree Bring me those contracts Pro